0: Aggressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This week on Real News Podcast, we get lost in space with Cosmic Star Heroine by Z-Boyd Games. After that, we dive into a little news and discuss what's new in the gaming industry. And following that, we go into our off topic. Are we coming to a time where consoles and developer crossovers are a thing? Join us for the conversation. Sit back. Relax. Buckle your seatbelts, strap on your controllers, and let's play! Welcome to another Amazon of Realtors Podcast. My name is Kyle, and with me I got Andrew.
1: You're weird, Kyle. Just wanted you to know that. <laughs> Doesn't it make it worse that I'm on video now? Yeah, actually, it really does. They see that you actually have to work to make that voice, as opposed gotta, to. You know,
0: gotta, well, Andrew, with us, we've got Carrington as well. Hey, hey, hey! And we are running a three-stack today, so three stacks you know what are that the means, best,
1: man. Three or four stack. Anything more than that, and you're
0: just asking for trouble. It's it's yeah, too uh, too much. Any more than four is too much. That is, so we are recording a new episode of Real Dudes Podcast for your ear holes and your eye holes, and uh, hmm. uh. <laughs> <that sounds really laughs> weird. Anyways, all right. So uh, this week we have, we are discussing one game only, and that is Cosmic Star Heroin. And then we're going to get into some news and then discuss a special topic uh, that is kind of shocking to uh, the gaming community. Uh, At least for me, it was. Um, But we'll get into that later. Uh, First of all, uh, before we get into this discussion here, uh, guys, you guys have been playing anything good recently? Uh, I have been
2: playing Hiroki. That's for the... For the show, you know, that will be coming up soon.
0: Okay. All right, uh, Andrew, you been playing the AC? <laughs> Dude,
1: <laughs> I'm a terrible. I'm a terrible Real Dudes podcast host. I still have like, you know, I'm still there for the color commentary, I guess. But when it comes to actually yeah. doing my due diligence on games, I blame you though, ultimately, because I am an American, so it can't be my fault. Um, <laughs> right, right. right but, of course. Uh, That's how it goes. I guess I've been playing the. I'll say new Tomb Raider game, like that came out a couple years ago, and I just finally got around yeah. to playing. And uh, I really enjoy that. But uh, that's
2: triple A AAA title. That's, good. that's really not our weird. but now? So you mean the Uncharted game on Xbox? Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Xbox yes.
1: Uncharted. Uh, well, I have said uh, I was talking to Brianna about it a couple times here, and it's it's essentially Uncharted. I think got a lot of its ideas from the original Tomb Raider set, like round of round of mm-hmm. games that were on like PlayStation Two and all that and PlayStation 1. And then I think it's come full circle and now like Tomb Raiders like coming back to life. They are now basically just doing a carbon copy of Uncharted but they're just slapping a female skin in there instead of Nathan Drake.
0: So, that makes sense. That is that is well put. That is well put. It's like Tomb Raider Uncharted, Tomb Raider. They're kind of like leapfrogging with each other.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, and they keep improving, so, I mean, if, you know, if it's yeah. great, I don't who knows what the next Uncharted game is going to be like.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and they did the uh, the Tomb Raider movie recently, and then Nathan Fillion did the Uncharted short, so, oh, you gosh. know, they're like... They're Let's make that the Uncharted,
1: other. like, full feature film. Yes, that that sounds good.
0: That's it. That's a 15, Was it, 15 minutes long Uh-oh. or something like that?
2: Kyle just got the boot. He'll come back. I don't know. Don't worry, he'll come back. And uh... <laughs> so as, as he comes um, back So what do you think of this new This so new quote and unquote New and improved Tomb Raider back into oh, I this really here it,
1: yeah. I mean um, honestly uh, it's, I don't know how else to here, say it second. Without getting super wordy And maybe kind of getting off the point it's, at it. It, Basically if you've played Uncharted 4 It's like 90% the same game I mean obviously the setting's different This is more in a, a winter Or you know a cold weather setting Um mm-hmm. But other than that, honestly, I mean, there's not. I mean, have you played it? Uh, I have played some of it. Gotcha. I'm about beat it at this point, and it But it's really it's basically Uncharted four in a new environment. It's with obviously a female lead, but um, it's really good enjoyed it like so we am a huge sucker for the Uncharted series so you like that's uh, really well really good plug there for Xbox Canton if you <laughs> no uh, problem if, if you want to play Uncharted Xbox. But don't have the money for play for PlayStation 4 uh, and you have an Xbox pick up the newest Tomb Raider game and it's basically the same thing so yeah more or less I think I prefer Uncharted ever so slightly just because the characters of you know Nate, uh, Nathan and Elena and, and Chloe and all of them uh, are, are obviously more fleshed out, and you actually care about them a little bit more as, you know, as people or whatever you want to call it. Um, whereas Lara are you saying that like, male
0: leads are more important than female leads?
1: Yes, hot takes right here. Boom. <laughs> Men first. Make America great. Oh my gosh! All right, and then I, there's 50 of out. our other listeners. That's fine. No, dude, I, I'm not in any way affiliated with any political faction. I'm just trying to, you know, trying to trying to raise. I don't know trying to mess with people no but uh, <laughs> well no, I think I guess maybe they're just assuming with the Tomb Raider like okay her lore is already established so it's not really important for them to do a lot of backstory on her and they do a little yeah. bit in the game but it's still not uh, I mean it's there it's not as good as like Uncharted. Like they really took time. Like as much as like the the action and the eye candy in Uncharted, there's just as much story and intrigue from that end to back it up. Whereas this is more just the the action, and the eye candy, and like I said, the story is a little bit, but not anything exceptional in my opinion.
2: Gamerheads is also in our chat room on Twitch, and you brought up it. Would you agree with this, Andrew, that the new Tomb Raider has more open areas and optional puzzle tombs, which isn't something that the Uncharted games have? I would agree with that. No, that is that is fair.
1: Like I said, that is a okay. difference. I don't know that it's a critical difference, because to me, like, if it's there, why wouldn't I do it? Not to say that I've done every little thing. I'm not a completionist, but I definitely, uh... I think most of the big side, side stuff I've done, but, uh... But yeah, it has a little more move toward a true open world feel. Um, it's still compartmentalized a little bit, because um, you know it's
2: just a say Hold on! I swear, I hate animals. Okay, it's all right. <laughs> so as soon as Andrew uh, works that out, <laughs> so Kyle, how do you like the adventure against him? Yeah, his parrot—he's going crazy.
0: Uh, to our listeners, by the way, I'm Andrew's parrot—that like- I just I just found out about this earlier, and. Uh, it sounds like a human screaming in the background. So he says it's a parrot, but I believe that there's a human trapped in his house. <laughs> well, he's back. No.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what would make you think that? <laughs> That's crazy, Kyle. Uh, don't tell anybody anything uh, like that. I was going to ask you, uh, so with with what Gamers had just recently asked about being new, more open areas in Tomb Raider compared to Uncharted, do you find there's more open areas in the game compared to the first Tomb Raider?
1: Yeah, I would say so. And it definitely, they they have...
0: They've I mean, like Tomb Raider back bit. on PS One.
1: Oh, no, no. Actually, they're basically <laughs> the same game. Honestly, it's it's basically just a remastered. They just reskinned it. It's still it's basically same you know, the first Tomb Raider from PS
0: One. I do remember that she could do like a headstand when you're climbing a ledge. Is that still feasible in this game? Can you still do that? I don't
1: believe I don't believe they uh, they have that functionality in this game now. Okay. All There's right.
2: some pretty no, sweet rock
1: climbing and and you know. Basically, like using your climbing axe to like s- slide down these like long ropes from one point to another, basically. But but
0: real quick, is there a Tomb Raider that ever takes you into outer space?
1: No, not that I'm aware of, unless that's some me... really niche. <laughs> what?
2: Oh, man. Let I mean, me... I, I'm going to say not yet.
0: No. So if it happens, you heard it here first that Tomb Raider is going into outer space. But let me tell you about a game that does take you in outer space. <laughs> Segway. Nice. Um,
2: that was smooth. So
0: re- recently we had received a code from the company Z-Boyd Games uh, for a game called Cosmic Star Heroin. That game was released uh, last year, 2017, uh, I think on Steam and PS4, and they had just released it um, earlier this month. if I remember the 14th on the Nintendo Switch. So I had received a copy for that game on Nintendo Switch. And that is all I've been playing here recently. Um, I'd say uh, for the game itself, it is an RPG. I think it's excellent right now. Uh, because we have recently just got Octopath Traveler released on Switch. So... You know, you're feeling those vibes of the retro style RPGs, the Chrono Trigger like games. Uh, this game really fits that uh, same art style, and the combat itself is is pretty similar to that of Chrono Trigger. Um, you can definitely tell that the company was inspired by Chrono Trigger. So the difference between uh, uh, Cosmic Star Heroine and um, Chrono Trigger. Uh, So Chrono was based more in the Renaissance era, um, kind of more fantasy, uh, whereas Cosmic Star Heroine is based in the future. um, And you are controlling a secret agent, uh, part of an uh, organization that you could could title, uh, like the FBI or the CIA. uh, And uh, she finds out that there's stuff going on with an organization that is a little... not, you know, that's a, a little... Questionable, yeah, questionable. That's a good, good word. So, sketchy, um, sketchy. (laughs) Once she unveils what's going on, it is her sole mission to prevent that from happening, uh, and to to, uh, basically take down the individual that is gone rogue. So, I don't, I don't want to get too much into the story because once you play through the story, it's been, it's been spoiled. I do think that the game does have replayability um, to it. Uh, the, um, fighting mechanics is, it's, it's, really good. Like I, I hardly had any problems playing through this game. Um, like I said, it is similar to Chrono trigger. It is turn-based RPG. Uh, you do fight with parties of up to four, four, uh, people on your team and you can rotate players. Cause as you go along, you start getting more people that join your party and you can rotate them to whichever you prefer to play as, um, and then, uh, uh, you start out with your own special abilities and as you keep going on and you, uh, keep unlocking moves and abilities, you eventually start getting party abilities. So you get multiple people that can attack one, one monster at once or one robot at once. Um, like I said, I had a lot of fun playing this game. I, I think I put almost 14 hours into it until I beat it and I looked on, um, the website how long to beat to see how long about other people have been been taking to beat it and that's about the general area 13 to 14 hours um i did see a playthrough of about eight hours Um, but as far as replayability my first my well the only playthrough that i did was on the normal difficulty uh uh there are four different types of difficulties uh the normal you got like normal easy then you got like uh I don't know, normal, easy, hard, and then the most difficult one is called secret spy. And I, what I read on that was it, it is a very challenging, uh, uh, difficulty to the game. Um, if you do enjoy the game, you know, you can definitely, uh, amp up the, the difficulty to it. Um, I don't know. There, there isn't a whole lot of bad to say about the game, which I'm super excited about. Uh, I ran into one bug And I think as far as like, you know, for the switch, I don't know what it is for steam, but for switch, uh, basically I was fighting against some enemies and then I didn't have any options come up after I attacked. So the screen just stayed there with my characters and the enemies there and it just, nothing could happen. I couldn't hit start. I couldn't hit, I couldn't hit pause or anything. I couldn't, you know, any buttons that I hit other than the home button that took me to my home screen would work. So I had to quit. And the game doesn't autosave, so you have to save the game itself as you go along, which is good and bad. Good for, for being able to have the flexibility of saving whenever you want. Bad for if you don't save for a while, and then you get a bug like that. Uh, so that really kind of put a damper on my playthrough, although I only went back about an hour from my previous save. Um, but yeah, it, it like I said, the game is is really good. If you've been playing Octopath Traveler and you're feeling that itch to play some more RPGs at a retro uh this is one that you're gonna want to pick up for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it is, uh, if if I think correctly, it is thirteen forty-nine on the marketplace. Uh, there are, uh, you know, that's that's normal price for it, which is excellent. You know, you're paying thirteen forty-nine for a game that is, uh, you know, roughly thirteen to fourteen hours. I mean, that is well worth your money. Uh, yeah, it, it's
2: it's a super good game. So, question. Okay. I've noticed on our YouTube channel, for our review of The Way, someone wanted to know more about the music, and I had to go back and replay a little bit of it to comment on the music. So before they try and comment again, <laughs> <laughs> what would you say about the music in this game?
0: The uh, music was... Uh, so there's like a, over a hundred hours of music in the game. um uh, <laughs> my daughter's coming in here. Hey girl um there is over a hundred hours of music in the game uh as far as I remember, nothing really kind of stood out to me. There was one area that stood out. you're going through like a ghost town and uh or, or it's an abandoned mine shaft and the music was kind of like... Very okay. sensual. Okay. Say hi. Oh she won't say hi. It was very like sensual, like like really weird. Like that's a, a sexy uh, was saxophone say. was playing. Interesting. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like you're going through this creepy um, abandoned mineshaft shaft, and you've got a
2: saxophone playing, and like like it, a careless whisper kind of vibe to yeah, it. Yeah,
0: it was weird. It was it was a little strange. Um. But the game it's like the music throughout the rest of the game. Nothing really kind of stood out to me. You get the same music that you you're for each battle that you have. Nothing really changes as far as uh, different battle music and stuff. Um, it I don't know. It was I guess it was you know I have nothing to complain about the music. It was good, but just nothing stood out to me.
2: And I remember when I was at your house last weekend, Kyle. You showed it off to me for you know a little while. The look of it reminded me very much of. Like old school, like we're talking like Super Nintendo, PS1 type sprite based oh, yeah. RPGs, and I thought that was very impressive. And yeah, it looks like the art looked amazing.
0: So the artwork is really good, uh, and like I said, it it plays out really well. Didn't have any issues with like any frame rates or anything. The um, this there's a lot of good humor in the game too, like good clean humor uh, that I enjoyed, um, and, and something that I that I in, didn't think that would be in the game. There are side quests that you can you can pursue if you want to. Towards the end, there I was trying to press for, uh, getting you know getting through the game, and uh, mm-hmm. there are some other side quests that I I could have pursued to to make my playthrough a little bit longer. One thing, okay, so yeah, one thing I did want to touch, uh, the difficulty. So playing on normal, um. It's super... E- I'm to say it's super easy, but it was it was really easy uh, all the way up until the very last section of the game. So I didn't die once in a battle for probably about 13, 12 to 13 hours. I get to the last level, and there's like... Maybe like... If I remember, four different bosses that you fight. So the final boss has, has multiple... Um, multiple stages that you have to fight through the, and then you've got other bosses leading up to that. Those bosses up to it. Like the difficulty goes from one to a hundred mega health. They've got that. Yeah. It it was crazy. Uh, how difficult they were at the end. Like that could put a damper, you know, playing through and being kind of blindsided by that. But I appreciated the challenge and I got through it, which makes me think, you know, anybody that plays through it can get through it. Um, so, yeah, it, it was kind of weird how the difficulty curve went up there right within the last hour, hour and a half of playing through the game. The boss battles were cool. There's a lot of great boss battles in this game. Uh, things that I hadn't seen before um, and things that I don't really want to spoil. But uh, I think I told you there is a, bo- a fight between like a mech and a, a uh, skyscraper sized monster that happens in the game, which was really, really neat to see uh, that I was not expecting to
2: see in the game. So, yeah. The way you're talking about this, this sounds like it's going to be like Game of the Year or something in your eyes. Um,
0: I think it's, it is it is the best game I've played so far uh, this year. Um, I <sighs> You know, I don't. I don't see it being a ten out of a ten, like ten out of ten game. uh, But it is a really good game. Uh, With the the bugs I ran into, kind of put a bad taste in my mouth uh, with that one bug. And then you know, with you know being a consistent RPG, you would feel like the difficulty curve would go up as you're playing through the game. on one single, you know, that single difficulty instead of it ramping up within the last hour and, and feeling like you just got slapped in the face by boss yeah, after that's boss. Not
1: very good, honestly. I mean, I didn't play it, but just listening to you describe it, yeah, that would be a big problem for me. Yeah. I mean, like they're yeah. supposed to slowly step up the difficulty because then that's bad on two levels. Because in the one, it's almost like boring how easy it is, I would think, if you don't yeah. have any real challenge. And then, like you said, it's like slaps you in the face and like ratchets up the difficulty 10 times.
0: Yeah, there, there were times that it was, uh, I guess you would say the battle was kind of boring. You're just trying to get through it to get to the next story section of the game. Um, yeah, I, I wish that they would have progressed the difficulty a little better. Instead of having to, you know, either you can change the difficulty throughout the game. Anytime you want to, you can make it harder, make it uh, easier. Uh, I don't. I, I think that you know there should be a steady progression on the same level that, of difficulty that you're playing as you go through the game.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think a lot of games seem to miss the mark somewhat on that, um, and I mean, I shouldn't have to put. Like, I feel like I feel like they have a problem with like their steps. Like, you know, easy mm-hmm. uh, most games anymore have at least like four difficulty settings. You have like easy, normal, hard, and like insane,
0: yeah. and.
1: Um, I feel like a lot of times for me and I don't know maybe this is just where I'm at as a gamer like my 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 natural skill level if you will or whatever like I often find normal too easy but hard a little too challenging like hard is still beatable but it's at some point like takes a little bit of the fun away you know yeah Uh, not every game Uh, some games I can do just fine but on on a lot of games like the hard is just a little too hard and the in the normal still too easy so and I'm sorry but anybody who plays it on insane is just a masochist
0: (laughs) Let me give you just a basic idea of how these battles play out. So, you you know, you can fight, like, groups of people from, party like, two to, like, five different enemies at once. Uh, and, they'll, like, your characters, I think the highest HP I had on a character was about 400, roughly. And the enemies, they'll do 30 to 40 damage a hit. Which is not terrible. You end up getting this final, one of the final bosses... Uh, and the enemies, I think the highest one I've seen since then was about 16 to 20,000 HP that you took out. This boss uh, had 36,000 HP. So like doubled he, at least. He hit 150 HP. a hit. Oh, wow. It's
1: so like three hits and you're dead.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, pretty much. And I'm running with a party of four and he's taking them out. There's only so many characters that have a revive to bring them, bring other characters back to life. And, and, and heals that'll heal your entire party as well. So it makes it difficult. Uh, I did find ways to get around it. I, obviously I did beat, uh, the bosses. I beat the game, you know, went through it, but to go from, you know, someone that you can take out in one round, as opposed to someone that took me, I think maybe 10 tries to defeat. I mean, that's,
1: you know. Well, say that reminds me like totally different level of game. I'm sure, but like I remember when I played Dragon Age all those years ago, I kind of felt that way about the final boss. Like everything up to that point, it was like either easy to moderate, like an uh, appropriate difficult. And I, I remember really enjoying the game. It's been so long, but like the final boss was like so hard that I honestly like I tried and tried and tried and like I could not beat them for a long time. And I actually ended up like putting the game down for like several days and finally like came back and ended up beating it. But it was still insanely hard and, and yeah, yeah, I'm like uh, there's there's a problem there when your last couple bosses are just exponentially more difficult, like you didn't do your job right, unless it's one of those games where you're like, it's open world, and like, okay, well you just need to go and grind and get some grind, more SP. Yeah.
0: which you can't do this because the, so the fights are not random encounters, they're enemies that you see on the map, so you only have so many enemies that you can fight, and I didn't skip any battles.
1: Gotcha, so yeah, there you go, if you can't do any grinding or anything, like, it's not your fault that the enemy's that much harder for you, it's just design. I mean, not to say that it's not like that the game's a failure, but that is significant, even if minor oversight, I would think. No,
0: definitely the the game itself is definitely not a failure. It's just, I mean, there's some flaws in it that that I saw while playing through it, but I had a really good time playing through it. Yeah. Even
2: with those flaws. So if you could rate it, what would you rate it? Uh, Not exactly a 10, but
0: I, you know, I am thinking, uh, uh, not thinking, but I was um, going with 8.5. So the game obviously is playable. Uh, it's very, very fun. Um, you have plenty of different options as far as your party building and, and your abilities uh, for your party. So you can customize the way that you want to play through battles. I really enjoyed that. Uh, the story um, wasn't, you know, wasn't the greatest story in an RPG, but it was a good, RP- or a good story and it, it kept my attention. So I really appreciated that. So it sounds like and you, I,
1: at the end it's time to nut up or shut up though. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It was uh it was a good game. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, uh,
2: 8.5. Sounds pretty solid to me. Yep. So uh, that is
0: um, Cosmic Star Heroine by Z Boyd Games and that is on nintendo switch steam and uh ps4 i'm not 100 sure if it's on xbox but you can pick that up right now on switch for 13.49. um yeah i i recommend it if you're if you're craving that rpg the old school rpg this is one that you want to pick up so before we get into the news let's take a quick break
2: what's up everybody i'm tyler uh, i'm lucas and i'm chris we're better than Static. We meet up once a so week and talk about movies, comics, and video games. I don't. I don't want to talk about that. What? Why? Why are you complaining about all the topics I bring up? I'm trying to sound professional, Chris. But we're not that good. <laughs> we. We are too good. We may not be great, but we are better than Static. You guys can hit up iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, and YouTube to check us out. Do you remember the days when console games were pure simple fun? No look crates, season passes or crowdfunding, you just paid for the game and it was yours to keep. You didn't have to sit through hours of boring cutscenes and there were no loading screens to keep you from the action. At 4 Horses Games we remember those days and we aim to bring them back. Miles and Kilo, our latest release on the Nintendo Switch, is pure action from start to finish. Run, jump, slide and swing your way across 36 action-packed levels as you and your dog try to escape a haunted island, battling bosses along the way. Still need more? 20 tough achievements and a time attack mode keep you going that extra mile. Reviewers are saying that Miles and Kilo is a must-have title. Available now on the Nintendo Switch and coming to other consoles later this year. We here at Real Dudes want to give a huge shout out to Guitaroman Man for letting us use his music on this episode. You can find more of his music on SoundCloud and be sure to give him a follow on Twitter at I am Man. That is
1: G-I-T-A-R-U-M-A-N. Thanks, and let's get back to this episode.
0: Welcome back. I really hope you enjoyed those ads because we all did in every <laughs> so much so uh touching on the news guys uh there is a game that i think looks pretty rad uh it is the video kid it's releasing on switch on the 30th uh it looks like a paperboy esque type game 3d uh well i guess maybe yeah it is uh like 3d pixelated well not 3 pixelated i don't know it, it it's not 2d like paperboy it has got you know, 3D avatars and stuff in it. Uh, you are riding on a skateboard, which looks awesome. And uh, we got a hold of the developer, and we are going to be playing that game here soon and then reviewing it on our show uh, here in the next couple of few weeks. That is the Video Kid. Uh, it is. Uh, it was released on mobile platform. It is coming to Switch. How about this one? Mm-hmm. Night Trap is coming to the Nintendo Switch.
2: <laughs> I have a question. Yes. Who thought that there would be a market for this game?
0: I'm going to pick it up.
2: You are? I what am. I've
0: never played the Night Trap.
2: Night Trap. It was a controversial game back on the Sega Genesis, about these girls having a sleepover and then there's a m- someone murdering them.
0: Uh, it's yeah, like some people are like abducting them and stuff. And it was yeah, it was controversial back in the day. It's like an episode of Full House now. <laughs> if yeah, you were it to is super it. tame. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean like obviously, video.
2: it is super tame now. Yeah,
0: um, it's FMV game. Hmm. So, I think that's something <laughs> so that we should play and stream.
2: <laughs> yeah, I am totally down with, with that. commentary. This is like an MST3K type deal. I could see that. Oh yeah, for it's, sure. It's, it's a terrible game.
0: So that's coming out. Uh let's see, is today's the 19th? It's coming out later this week, the 24th. Um Hollow Knight is getting great reviews on the Switch. And that is a game that we need to play. Uh again, I, I feel like this might be the year of Metroidvania's, but Dead Cell's coming out. Uh and then also Songbringer coming out on Switch, but Hollow Knight uh definitely is in that same criteria of gameplay. And, it, you know, I'm just glad to hear that it is getting the proper love. So hopefully with it getting the love that it's getting now and getting the great reviews that it's getting now for the Switch, we are going to see a sequel to that game. um, Or at least a spinoff of the game, at least, um, in the at future. I of the
2: year, we should rate all of the Metroidvania games that we've played for the, the podcast.
0: I agree, because this year is going to be packed with it. Because
2: uh, we've already reviewed uh, A Robot Named
0: Fight. Mm-hmm. Um, songbird Oh not Songbird I don't know why I said Songbird Yeah A Robot Name Fight
2: <laughs> Robot Named Fright uh, Dead Cells Coming out and Dead, Dead Cells, cells Will out. be uh, next yeah. episode Yeah So yeah. I'm excited
0: So I, I feel like we can just Give Nintendo proper love Because Cody's not on here Right now <laughs> Let's do it uh, Let's do it Guys Nintendo Online is launching In September It's about dang time
1: Isn't that like a whole year Behind schedule <laughs>
0: Yep Yep Sounds about right But I'm excited to see where they're going with this because, you know, Xbox Live and uh, uh, PlayStation Live uh, or PlayStation Online or whatever it's called is... You know, they, they work great. You can play with your friends. You can jump. You can send messages. You can chat with them. Uh, the only game that you can really have that open chat with on Switch is Fortnite. Fortnite!
2: Wow. Well, so, I mean,
1: off the low, low price of however much per month. So, yeah, yet another subscription fee we all have to worry the, about.
0: Are you going to subscribe to it? Probably not. Carrington?
2: Yes, for the low, low price of, like, what, 15 bucks a year or something like that? Yeah. yeah that's oh, so is that low?
1: Okay, well, then maybe no. Yeah, I, I was not thinking bad. it was going to be at least, like, you know, like, six or eight bucks a month or something.
0: Yeah. That's not so um, bad. Although, it'll only 15 continue. 15 bucks a year. It'll only yeah. keep going
1: up, of course.
0: Yep. Up and up and up. So, yeah, I'm going to subscribe to that. Uh, hopefully, they'll do something like they do with uh, Xbox Games of Gold and, and uh, PlayStation Games of the Month. Maybe they'll do, like, retro Nintendo Games of the Month or something.
2: That's actually the plan. Yeah. Is to offer something like that. And then also, let's say Super Mario Brothers. you know, how it has two-player mode to you and a friend be able to play that with each other online. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um... Games of the Gold this month
0: is looking awesome because on Xbox, Graveyard Keeper is free. Or not Games of Gold, I'm sorry. Uh, it is on the Xbox Game Pass, so you have to subscribe to that. Uh, <laughs> but it is a Graveyard Keeper, and um, I, I think this is a game that we are also going to cover here in, in the next couple episodes. To me, I have not played it. I've just seen some stuff, and it looks like... Uh, it looks Just like, say it. Damnpe, hey, huh?
2: the game. Dampay or damp, damp. Whatever his name is, the graveyard keeper on Ocarina of Time. That's that's what this game oh, is. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: It's uh, it reminds me of Stardew Valley, uh, set in the Renaissance era, and you take care of a graveyard instead of a farm.
1: Yeah, Carrington, I think you nailed it.
0: Dampay, oh, the game. Yeah. I'm excited for this. So, uh, this is another game that I would like for us to stream and uh, definitely rate and review on the episode because it. Uh, it looks good. It looks like a really good game. And I'm excited. I haven't heard of it until recently. Let's do it.
2: Let's do it. All right,
0: guys. So the last thing on the news section here, um, blizzard is releasing Diablo on switch when the, uh, with Nintendo related gear on it. Um, that is still to be determined, <laughs> basically. By the way, I hear you. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> that was perfect timing by your daughter. Oh my gosh, <laughs>
0: I'm gonna leave that on there. Um, oh no, her phone's frozen. Anyways, uh, are we gonna see uh, Blizzard characters in Nintendo games?
2: It's possible. I mean, just look at Smash Brothers and all of the characters they For got the right come price, Kyle. Here. Anything is possible.
0: Yeah, that, I guess that is true. Um, I mean, I, I would think it'd be cr- awesome to see Smash characters, or uh, uh, StarCraft characters on Smash. Or Overwatch. Or Overwatch, <laughs> or uh, World of Warcraft, I mean, or just anything in general. Let's be
1: real. Like, I mean, DK is basically Winston. I mean, I can make some oh, comparisons pretty, pretty you, quick could here. Could you
0: imagine a Winston skin?
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Or a DK skin? Yeah, so, or
1: D.Va could be almost interchangeable oh. with like a Samus. not interchangeable, but there's enough similarity there
0: yeah so I, I like this is huge news. I mean because Blizzard is is a mecca in the gaming you know industry and the community itself. I mean oh, yeah. they are very for sure. iconic for their games and their characters that they have created um, which kind of leads us into our off topic you know are we coming into an era where console and developer crossovers are becoming a more popular thing and, and people are more open to it?
2: Well, before I answer that question, I do want to say really quick that, you know, with Blizzard coming to the Switch, or, yeah, Diablo coming to the Switch from Blizzard, uh, when the Switch first came out, and a lot of people were asking, of course, about Overwatch coming to the Switch, and at the time, they were like, it's never going to happen, it just can't run it, and now with Diablo coming to the Switch, Blizzard was asked again, and they are like, actually, we're going to release Diablo on the Switch first, but we're probably looking into this now. Yeah. So that is a huge change from just a year ago. Well, is yeah. that,
1: does it really matter at this point? Because, like, surely they're neck deep in making the next Overwatch. So is it even going to be relevant at this point? Or is it too late in the, that game's life cycle to even, like, waste your time with this or just expect to, like, roll it out with,
2: like, Overwatch 2 or whatever they're going to call it? Well, I think, I don't think so because Fortnite came super late on the Switch and it still has, well, ha- it had enough. Let's just say, just putting it on the Switch did not do Fortnite any bad for it.
1: Oh, no. Well, no, I'm saying, like, obviously, those they're looking to make money. And, and to do a crawl, I mean, I know the base game is there, but they're going to have to tweak things. And I don't know how many man hours and, you know, how much tech's involved in doing that, but it ain't not free. So, I mean, there's going to have to be. And the thing is, they don't want to just break even. They're in business to make money. So, I guess, I mean, that's up to them to decide. I have no idea, but I'm just wondering. I mean, and maybe there's plenty of time left. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's just the thing that we'll see, but I do think it's a possibility <laughs> at this point, uh, as opposed to, I mean, anything's possible. I mean, a lot of people are releasing stuff, quote, late on the Switch, and it's still seeing a bunch of success. You know, just I look mean, at Bethesda and all the games they released on the Switch recently, like uh, uh, Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein, Doom, Doom and yeah, Doom, yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, and Paladins plays on the Switch. I've got... People work that talk about the game and how they like playing it on the Switch. Uh, uh, now, given it is you know, quote unquote Overwatch sixty four, but they're able to play it on the Switch, so I I mean I could see them bringing games like you know Overwatch to the Switch. I could see them bringing. Uh, they could bring a StarCraft to the Switch. I think it because well,
2: yeah, there was Star StarCraft sixty four back in uh, yeah. So it's a possibility. It's
0: possible. They these games can be ported over to the Switch. Um, could you imagine a World of Warcraft on the Switch?
2: <laughs> it would probably never happen, but that nope. would be so amazing. Yeah, that would be pretty cool.
1: Um, people's would people's
2: lives would be completely over if that was the case. Uh, yep. Yeah. The internet would literally explode. I mean, I thought the internet exploded with the Smash announcement, Smash Bros. Ultimate, but it would probably explode if WoW was announced on yeah, the Switch.
0: Which is another crazy thing because, I mean, what WoW is, what, 14 years old now? I think
2: that sounds about right.
0: Uh, uh, let's see here. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think it's 13 years. I don't know. Anyways, it is definitely up there. It came out 13, 14 years ago, I think. Um, and it's you know it's still thriving. So the fact that a company like Blizzard is able to. Um, team up with Nintendo, bring one of their games over to Nintendo. Like, this is the start of a beautiful friendship.
2: I wholeheartedly agree. And then going, moving on to the off-topic question about are we coming to a time where console and developer crossovers are a thing? I definitely think so. Uh, I do think that... I mean, Steam's always been open with crossplay compatibility. I mean, Portal 2, you could play with your friends if they had a PS4, which mm-hmm. I thought was great, you know, when that came out, whenever that was, like 10 years ago or whatever. And I thought that was incredible. Like, oh my gosh, this is the start, this is the beginning. And then there was not a whole lot after that. Um, but now we're, we're at a time where Sony's not playing nice with anybody, but Microsoft, Nintendo, and kind of sort of Steam. Yeah, uh, I it's we're 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 at a, we're at a time where they're willing to play with each other because they realize that it doesn't it doesn't do them any harm to allow that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Okay, now here's my question. This is kind of taking a bit of a logical leap, but um if that all came to pass let's just it's like i think we've talked we well, talked about this in previous episodes sony is going to soften up on some level i'm not saying how far or how much but they're not going to continue with the exact hard stance they are if everybody continues to move and everybody else continues to move in the direction they cl- seem to be moving um, then like what what's the motivation for there to be multiple consoles like for a few years you know that's like basically they got to get their money out of this con- this set of consoles they got to have you know let the life cycle play out or whatever. But like when it comes time to do the next set of consoles or whatever, well, they're not just become at some point where they're like, okay, why don't we just cut out a lot of this hassle and this having to rework everything for each platform to make it all go together and just have like one console, like one Are console and PCs.
0: Like all companies well, blend together and make
1: a super console. Essentially. I mean, like basically share the expense, share like, Basically, share the expense of production research, yeah, marketing, blah, 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 and just run it all under the same thing. They don't have to merge as companies per se. I'm not saying they would or wouldn't, I doubt it. Um, but I'm not, I'm not, once again, kind of a logical leap perhaps. But seriously, like, why go through all of this extra effort of, like, you know, cooperating and on different consoles when you could just, like, cut out so much of that extra work for at least a certain mm-hmm. group within? Like, with everybody involved that's trying to make this cross-platform stuff go, why not, like, make their lives a thousand times easier, make it more streamlined, no doubt things would get done quicker if it's all basically, like, you have a console, and you still, of course, have PC, because PC is its own separate animal. But do you think there'd be possible that we would just see one console? I, no.
0: I Yeah, I'm kind of with that as much as I would love to see that, but uh, why do you say no, Carrington?
2: Because it's the same reason we as uh, a society when it comes to like different countries but we don't play nice with a lot of people. I just don't see it happening anytime soon. Uh, because one thing speaks more than anything and that's money. So you're saying the console wars is exactly the same as real life politics. <laughs> I, didn't want to go, I didn't want to go that far <laughs> but I'm just saying. <laughs> money speaks. Uh, Microsoft is its own empire where they have a billion different things. If... As if Xbox failed, Microsoft's not going to be hurting too much because they have so yeah. many other aspects. Sony, There's if a lot the PlayStation fails, they would. What's that? They got a lot of other stuff. Yeah, they'd be fine. They do, but they would not be fine only because uh, their video game division is the only one that's making them any profit right now. The, the, from what I've heard, so if PlayStation fails, uh, Sony will not be doing so hot. Especially when it comes to, like their movie division, like that's a that's a fire right now. <laughs>
0: I think Nintendo would fail.
2: Like, like Nintendo does have to rely on their their consoles to do any good right now. Well, that's all yeah. they have.
0: Yeah, they. I mean, they are a game company. Okay. Well,
1: yeah. I, I, well, let me let me slightly tweak my my hypothesis, if you will. Let's say they can retain control of their individual licenses of the games, mm-hmm. but like why? Because everybody. I mean, every. But he says that they lose money when I say everybody I'm talking Microsoft Sony and Nintendo I know for sure Microsoft and Sony basically come out and said we don't make money on our consoles like we don't that's true like it's that is true basically it's a dead weight it's a means to an end to sell games and DLC which is where we actually make our money so why wouldn't they pool all the resources and get together on least like run the same machine so then there's less research and less man hours for all three of them combined. Cause like you're not having to come up with three unique things. You're all working mm-hmm. together on one thing and splitting the cost three ways and you can still keep your, like if you want to partner on something great, but you can still keep your, like, you know, your main things that you don't want to share as, as an exclusive. I don't know how they would like, I basically, I mean, really all I would mean is just like, okay, you got, we're going to split the money on call of duty three ways but on, you know, Nintendo is going to be like, we're keeping the Mario profits. And, you know, uh, Sony, we're keeping the Uncharted profits. You get what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, I, I get you what you're saying. saying. I think also it just comes down to one thing, that's pride. Because before the yeah. first PlayStation came out, Sony did approach Nintendo saying, hey, we got this idea. And Nintendo yeah. was like, oh, hey, that's cool. And there was a prototype that was out there. Um, and then nobody knows what happened except Nintendo just axed it at the last minute. Um, but no one knows what happened. So I, 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 think it's just down to a pride thing, also.
0: Well, and I, and you think about like how E three runs right now, and each each console has their own presentation that they do every year. Now, you can still the do thing that. that. I, I mean, the, just because uh, yeah. of the
1: machine. I mean, same thing. I mean, PC is that all these games but come together on PC, which is essentially the same for
0: Sony and Nintendo. Mm. I mean, their games are not on PC. But what I was going with is. You know what if they did? What if say quote unquote there was a console, one console, and they had streaming services that console kind of like how Roku does with Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, and all that. What if they there was a console that did that for Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, and you just you downloaded their games to it. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying essentially, and that's kind of I mean I didn't describe it that you know detail, but yeah, that's essentially what I'm kind of talking about. But they still retain the rights to the individual mm. games, and they can only they can partner subscribe. on those if they. Yeah, they can they can partner on a specific one if they so choose, but if they want to retain like the exclusive rights to a specific, you know, tie, like I said, you know, whether it be Zelda or any of the big names, you know, for many of the big companies, like if they're like, hey, we're not sharing that, we made it, we deserve everything that comes from it, that's fine. But as you yeah. see on the ones they've gotten more friendly on, I don't see where it really matters.
0: No, yeah, I, I agree with that, and I, I guess I would kind of save the the company's money if they were all to split three ways into a uh, one console as opposed to developing their own consoles each
1: yeah well and then the thing is like i know they've kind of talked about i mean the consoles are moving more towards just essentially being a pc right yeah so you could get it to where like you wouldn't have to reinvent the wheel with every console generation you'd basically just be releasing Kind of like the iPhone, you know, it's essentially the same thing. They just put a faster processor in it, a better graphics card and a handful of other things and ship it out and charge you an extra $400 or whatever the price point might happen to be. Uh, So it's streamlined. The R&D for them, I would think, like, that expense would go way down if they started doing something like that.
2: Well, honestly, what would need to happen is if uh, what microsoft is trying to do with the console is to just essentially make it a streaming service that's what would need to happen in order for this to happen yep instead of having physical games and stuff the, like that yeah. would oh we yeah have to stream and, and there's
0: the still a crowd of people that want that physical game and the collector's edition and stuff and that stuff to
2: those games yeah i know plenty of people like on reddit and stuff like that they refuse to buy games if it's digital only like they will outright yeah. refuse no, no which, matter how good the game is like when sonic Mania. Was first announced. Uh, it was digital only. A lot of people are saying, "I love Sonic, but I'm not gonna buy this game unless yeah. there's a physical copy out there."
0: And that's sad, especially for the indie community, because there are so many games that are digital only right now.
2: Uh, I yeah, guess and they from... don't have the 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 resources to go physical because Total there's a form, lot of, yeah. involved. I personally, with digital, they do receive a good chunk of that money. If with when it comes to physical, they don't receive a good chunk of that yeah. money because yep. they have to pay for the the distribution costs, and then the retailer takes a cut, and also the publisher takes a cut, and whoever owns that console will take a cut.
0: Yep.
1: Like I said, I, I guess I kind of fall on the side of those that, like, let me put it this way if it's something that you're doing it digital only because it's your only way to feasibly do it, I can still support that. But if you're going to tell me that like every game, like basically any game that's coming from a triple A studio or a studio that's got the financial backing from whoever it might be, is just choosing to not because it's cheaper uh, then yeah, I, I could see, I can see why people feel that way at least, because I know you guys don't agree with me and we've had this discussion as well on this show, but at the end of the day, it matters to me to have a physical copy. I mean, it, it does. Not just from like the quote, I own it. Cause I mean, you own it just, but it's, it's real, it's tangible. And it's not something that's, I don't know. I mean, like just, you can play it like, also for people who do not have a good internet connection, which at the moment, I don't suffer from that being the case, but uh, like all this movement to online only works for people who have good internet. And so for those that don't, like obviously you might have to go somewhere and do an update to your console or something every now and then it's online. And I understand that, but like in a general sense, like they're going to want to have a physical copy cause they can't spend like you know, if they can even download it, they don't want to spend 12 hours downloading a game online.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. That makes so. sense. But if, we are, if we're talking about this whole, like, one console thing, it's it's not going to happen unless, like I said, unless we go, like, to a streaming service, which is what Microsoft is trying to do. And rumors are the next console will be that, basically, essentially a streaming console. Mm-hmm. And the Xbox One was supposed to be that until the internet went crazy and said no. And then Steam did the exact same thing and released the Steam console and no one said anything. Steam has flown under the radar on a lot of stuff, haven't they? They really have. And honestly, the I mean, I will give Microsoft, like, you know, knock them down a point for that press conference because it was a terrible press conference that, that where they announced that. Well, it sounds they, like they, it wasn't
1: so much what they said, it was how they said it. It's basically exactly. this is how it is and you can eat it pretty much.
2: Basically, and and what they were saying was they were giving you the same terms of service that Steam had literally it was almost like if you look at Steam's terms of service it's what Microsoft brought to us just in a conference and it wasn't like some you know legal document you just probably just skip through mhm and i think that a lot of people overreacted cuz i was all for it at the time i was probably one of the one of the few that was like yeah let's do this i don't who needs physical anyway because i could see that's where the the market was headed and then um everyone was up in arms about it and then Sony came back uh and back and just fired back. And I honestly believe that is the reason why Sony has sold so many consoles and the Xbox one has tried to play catch up ever since.
1: Hmm. No, I mean I see what you're saying, Karen, about the necessity of it, but and I, I wasn't really saying like we should do that. I was just wondering if that's na- going to be the natural progression. And like, sounds like you think it could be, but with some what, somewhat radical changes. But uh, at the, bo- the bottom line is like, I don't know. I guess as somebody who lives in a more rural area, uh, that really bums me out. I mean, I know it's just the way of the world. Because like, like, you know, internet service has been that way forever, you know, that basically they cater to the people in the cities because there's a denser population there. And so, like, overall, there's more money to be made, you know, per square mile or whatever term you want to use uh, far and mm-hmm. away. And so basically, like I've noticed with Internet, it's like whereas people's Internet in the city and more urban areas has just like exploded in how fast it is and how convenient everything and then how reliable it is. Like, I don't think anything significant has been done to rural Internet in like the last 20 years. I'm not mm-hmm. even exaggerating. No, um, yeah overall i mean there i'm sure there'll be pockets where it's like you have if you happen to be right along the the primary run and they're like yeah sure we'll hook you up you know but if, if like if you if they have to go it all out of their way you're just screwed um, but the one thing i think could change that and i was actually just reading about this the other day i know this is kind of off topic once again but hey that's what this part is about right yep,
0: um,
1: yep. did you hear that um, Verizon is working on a 5g setup that's going to be like Download speeds. I think they said up, up to a gig in the right, depending on where you're at. Um, wow. Yeah, I know a gig. It's like and basically, and I mean, if my understanding of the article was correct, um, actually by the end of twenty eighteen, it was like Indianapolis, Houston, and two other cities. I can't remember. It's four cities in total. They were going to have it fully implemented within those city limits, um, and then basically the idea is you get a uh, modem from Verizon. And you would just plug it into your house and it would come full. Like you could still have ethernet hookups to like plug in your Xbox or whatever device you want to have a hard line to, uh, to your modem. You could still do that. And it would still have Wi-Fi for anything else in your house, like your phones or whatever. You don't have as big a, you know, concern about having the fast connection possible. Yeah. And you would basically just have like, it's, I mean, it's the same concept as having the internet on your cell phone in your house, but it would be like uncapped and stupid fast. And, uh, that really excites me because that could basically put an end to all of this. Cause I mean, obviously there'd be areas where you have, if you have poor cell signal that it might affect it, but instead of making it where like 80% of your people who live in more rural areas are, you know, not going to have very good internet, it might be like 20%, you know, because mm-hmm. especially if they went and set up a tower like nearby to any town over X population, Like, even if it's like, okay, if it's say it's a gig, if you live really close to the tower, but even if it's 200 megabytes a second, like way out from that tower, that's still incredible. And especially even if it's 50, I mean, that's still enough to run pretty much anything that most of your average people
0: are going to want to run. I mean, don't we live in a time where Internet can just be anywhere and everywhere nowadays?
1: they can it's just once again it's just a cost well i mean the thing is like yeah. it's proof that like i said like they need to kind of it's 4g is good but it's not great so if they did like take the next generation and do 5g i mean that's pretty much proof right there like if what they're saying up to a gig is possible or even a close i mean yeah you could basically and they were pretty much saying they're like it could be the death of cable internet like obviously there might be some diehards who just haven't been in the right area that are still getting blazing fast speeds and it just makes sense for them but it would give the, you know, a huge chunk of the population a viable like high speed internet option. Finally. Yeah. Uh, and you wouldn't have to be so tied to like, I know so many people, myself included, like I'm, you know, interested in moving from where I'm at currently and I have good internet, but I know I'm not going to leave super far from the area I'm, I'm in. I don't want to move right in town somewhere. And so I'm like, it's a serious like problem for me. I'm like, man, if we move like this and that'll be better, I'm sure. But what about the internet? Like that's, that's how essential it's come to life. Yeah. in my opinion, but, but anyway, so 5g internet guys, let's, uh, let's hope that that, uh, and then like I said, if that happened and that actually got to be, it like just say over the next two or three years, they rolled it out pretty much across the country where you would have like a 5g cell tower, anywhere that any, any cell tower you see is going to be a 5g thing. And you could do that. I mean, you could then, I think realistically move to an, a, 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 console. That's like a streaming console. Like you were saying, Carrington, and, uh, and enough people would be able to utilize it that it wouldn't, like those few that would be left, it'd be like, that would suck, but then it really wouldn't disenfranchise a huge portion of your population, or at least your rural population.
2: Right, right. And I was thinking, like, if we, the only reason I thought that was because if there is, like, if everyone has their own streaming service, like, say, Netflix and Hulu, you know, translate over to Nintendo, uh, Microsoft, and, and Sony, then having one console wouldn't be a huge deal. You just have to sign up for their service uh, more or less to yeah. be able to, to play their games or whatever.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think, you know, at times as they say, they're always changing. I could probably be down for that. Like if that's how it ended up, like I said, if, if you could do something like, well, I guess what I'm saying, maybe it, further we discuss it, it's really not that far away from being possible with a few minor tweaks and changes to how things are
2: done. Mm-hmm. And right now it's possible, as far as like crossovers are concerned, like say Fortnite, for example, where anyone can play with anyone as long as you're not on a PS4 because Sony doesn't allow that feature. It's the reason why Sony doesn't allow, it. it's just within their terms of service basically, or them as a company saying no. They don't have to do anything. It's all on Epic Games who makes Fortnite. It's all on them to be able to support that on hmm. the back end and which they have done by accident um, as well. And the people who made Rocket, Gang, or, uh, Rocket League, they've done it by accident as well, allowed it to where PlayStation played with the other consoles. So it's not something that Sony has to do necessarily on their end. All they have to do is say yes. And the, the developers are the ones that are able to handle it and do it and, okay. and make it work. So that's the other that's the other side of it too, which is why everyone is upset over Sony when it comes to something like this, because all they have to do is say yes. It costs them nothing in order for them to enable something like that. Gotcha. Huh.
0: Interesting. <laughs> So that's it, everyone. Uh, <laughs> everyone's getting 5G by the end of 2018. You heard it here first from Andrew. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa!
1: <laughs> I said four cities by 2018. Give oh, it a few years. We'll see.
2: <laughs> oh, jeez.
0: No, that was definitely interesting. I, I had no idea that was going on, and if that's you know if that's talk of what's going to happen by the end of 2018, four cities getting. I mean, to have 5G in my area would be incredible.
1: Exactly. You and I you and I both know the struggle, Kyle. Carrington over here doesn't know the struggle.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. With my I don't know what I pay for anymore. Two hundred I think down and fifty up or something.
1: I won't I know we're wrapping it up real quick here, but that's I mean I don't stop. like I'm speaking for those around me and for like well like my parents they have all they can get is DSL. That is
2: it. They oh gosh! Like, I think I just threw it in my mouth. Yeah, I they threw it in like, my mouth just now.
1: I know, I know, and that's the thing. Like they're at like three megabytes down speed. That's it.
0: Oh gosh!
2: I well, know. DSL
0: is so awesome.
1: And. Dude, yeah, I know, it used to be the thing. And no, but now like and I like I get I'm the same as you, Karen. I have the same provider, I'm Spectrum, which I'm not saying they're the greatest in the world, but I'm up like I usually if I check my speed, I'm anywhere between like two fifteen and two thirty. So I mean I'm not talking about my situation. No. At least right. right now. But I know if I move anywhere like realistically that I'm thinking about moving, I'm pretty much gonna be down to like having almost no real no solid, like uncapped internet. Like, you know, I'd be stuck with like satellite or something like that. And the thing is, it makes so much sense for it to like your phone. I mean, I have decent service at my parents' house on my phone. Like I can stream video on my cell service. I basically, I use my data, but it can be done. So it just makes sense to me. Like if it can be done, uh, if it, you know, if it can be done with 4g and you can basically get it on your phone in like an area where you support, you know, like, like I said, the only real internet you can get is DSL. If you can call it real internet. (laughs) And, uh, but you know, so I'm sitting like right there on my phone, and I can I don't know, I've checked, but if I'm getting like 50 megs a second on my phone and they're getting three on DSL, like, yeah, it should not be that hard to get a modem installed. And especially Out if you went was, to like a
0: yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. And then you're gonna be able to do anything that you'd ever want. I mean, you could even, especially if you would have like this 5G and if what they're talking about its capabilities are, I mean, you could play games you know, seamlessly. Well, I mean, shoot uh Heath that we were, you know, we're playing the, with the other night. I remember he had to tether his phone because yeah, <laughs> his, because I don't his know. It was his it was stupid. not working. Yep. So it proves it works. It just needs to like and it sounds like Verizon's getting behind that. So it might come. But I mean, that'd be like I said, that would be incredible. So hopefully that's where it goes. But
0: yeah, it'd be really good to see. What? Uh, yeah. So we are going to wrap this up. I think we are running at a solid hour right now. And yep. uh, um, just tease for our next big episode, um, we are playing Overcooked and Dead Cells. Uh, I know I played Overcooked 2 with Carrington the other day. We streamed hey, hey, oh, hey. on Twitch. Uh, I think that we are going to probably be doing that a little bit more throughout the next couple of weeks because it is a really good game to stream and we're enjoying uh, playing it. Uh, and then Can I, and I enjoy doing oh. the voice for the, <laughs> sure, the onion King for sure. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. Carrington's been reading his onion King. And it's hilarious. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I'll then uh, good. Uh, I was gonna say, I picked up dead cells uh, for the switch and I started playing it last night. Absolutely love it so far. And, and I haven't got
2: far and I've died a lot, but it's oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and I've been playing Hiroki on the switch, so I'm having a lot of fun with that as well which will be coming to you maybe next week, possibly, maybe.
0: We'll see. Um, so, yeah, be sure to follow us on Twitter uh, real D- at real Dudes underscore pod, uh, Instagram and Facebook, RealDudesPodcast. podcast. Um, and then if you've got any questions or want anything discussed on the show, uh, we are taking your ideas for off-topic uh, subjects. You can email us at podcasts at realdoodspodcast.com, or you can message us on any other social media surface or uh, platform, I guess, not surface. Uh, we do have a store, guys. We've got a real dude store where you can buy our merch. Uh, we've got shirts, mugs, bags, everything that you can think of as far as apparel goes. Uh, You can check it out uh, on Spreadshirt, uh, which is through our website. Um, uh, Yeah, through, I think it's under the store tab. And lastly, our Patreon we've been working on over the last couple months. Uh, You can become one of our Patreons. You can help support the show. Um, Every goal that we have helps to increase the production of the show and helps to get you guys better quality. So make sure to check that out. Patreon.com forward slash release podcast. We would love to have your support. Uh, And and we love having your support in general with listening to the show and listening or checking out your feedback uh, with us on social media. Uh, We absolutely love our fans. Guys, this has been a great episode. Um, We will bring you some more content in the next week. And other than that, everyone have a rad day. Later. Bye.